You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast. It's your host, Emily, and I am here with a solo episode for you, just me and you. Uh, I have so much to fill you in on and never in a while have I experienced as much resistance and imposter syndrome as I've been experiencing lately. And I wanted to hop on and, and share this with you because I think how I'm walking myself through it is really powerful. And I want to record this episode now while this is fresh and real. You guys know I'm big, if, or if you've been here a while, you know I'm big on taking you on the whole journey with me on the ups and the downs, and I share everything pretty much in real time. Sometimes I wait a little bit until I have a lesson to share with you or more clarity on something, but for the most part, I I give you guys behind-the-scenes access, peek into my psyche <laughs> quite a bit, don't I? I'm starting to wonder if that's even really healthy, the way I use this podcast, really like a diary sometimes, but I think that's what that's what makes you tune in and listen is is that I, I tell the truth and I I don't just share the, the shiny stuff and I don't just try to create authority and come on here and teach and give steps and I love to teach and share lessons as they come through, which they pretty much always do, but um, I'm here really today to drop any energy of performance, like any performative energy that I need to be a certain way or I need to make sure that I sound like the authority and that I'm the expert on this and this and this. And I'm really just here to remind you that I'm a human alongside you on this beautiful journey called life and entrepreneurship and dreaming big. And um, what I wanna talk to you about today is imposter syndrome and resistance and how it's been coming up for me and how I'm working through it. Um, Speaking of resistance, what I just said there about not needing to be the authority and being willing to be vulnerable and share with you, this is something that my ego has also been resisting hard because um, I had someone reach out to me about one of my former episodes, a few episodes back, I talked about the rejection wound. Actually, I think this was back this was back in December or January. I recorded a solo episode around um, one of my launches for a group program and how it brought up these rejection wounds in me that I needed to heal from like childhood and teenage years and how um, this feeling of like not being picked or not being worthy of being picked was really poked at with that launch and other amazing lessons. That's why I love business. I love launching. Every offer gets to be such an initiation for us, like the offer itself, the program itself. And then also just the process of putting something out there, which I'm, I mean, I don't even like this word launch or this term launch mode. Um, My business mentor doesn't like it either. She's like, I'm kind of just always selling something and it's just really chill. And that's just like, of course I, I have ways that people can work with me at all times. Like, of course you wouldn't run a shop and, 
and be like, oh, I'm in launch mode now, time to stock some products in case a customer comes. Like you always wanna have something, some pathways open that people can work with you. So um, I, I love this concept of like no more launch mode. But anyway, every launch, every time you put an offer out there, there is an opportunity for for growth. It's an initiation. You get to learn more about yourself every single time. If you ever want to go on a sped up personal growth journey, just start a business, right? I know all my entrepreneurs listening are going to be like, preach. That's like, that's it. You have, there is no growing a business without growing yourself. And it's a beautiful thing too, because your business gets to be an extension of you um, and it gets to grow as you grow. Okay, wait, this is future Emily coming at you from the future. I just am listening to this episode back and I'm like, wait, I never finished my point about bringing up um, that rejection wound episode and how my ego was freaking out about it. So (laughs) sometimes I listen back and I'm like, Emily, you never finished that thought. It happens a lot. Um, But I just have so much to say. But the rejection wound episode was a good one. It was one of my most downloaded episodes um, in the past few months that I've that I've had, and I think a lot of you resonated with it. I hope anyway. No one reached out to me about it other than to come into my DMs and tell me like, "Hey, I heard you're having trouble launching. Here's somebody that teaches launching, and she's a really good coach, and she might help you." And this person did it from a genuine, this is a friend of mine, a genuine caring place. I know that just want to see me succeed. They probably want to see me avoid some of the pain that I was talking about on that episode and they have really good intentions. But my ego was like, ouch, ooh, that makes me want to delete the episode. Like clearly people think I'm not a good businesswoman and I need a coach even though I actually already have a coach and like, like ah, like maybe you shouldn't record such vulnerable episodes like that because it's just making you not look like the authority. It's making you not look like a good businesswoman. So that was my ego's perspective. And that's why I've even now as I was like, hmm, you know, I've been feeling all this resistance around my new program and I wasn't sure what the resistance is and was and now I am sure and um, I want to talk about it. And then my ego was like, wait, remember last time you shared vulnerably? It doesn't make you look good and da 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 da. So those are some of the voices that come up from the ego and it's just trying to protect us. Um, But I know that I don't need to look like I have it all perfectly together and like I never um, experience ups and downs in my business or resistance or human emotions. Like I... I'm allowed to do all of that and be human. And that's actually, I think, why you're here, why you plug in, why you listen, why you connect with me. I know that I love mentors who talk about, like, what did it feel like, though, when you were in resistance or when you had that failed launch or when you were stuck at this mark or, like, you know, when you started doubting yourselves. I I love human mentors. So I'm. if you don't love human mentors, then I'm not your person. But if you do, keep listening. But you are not your entire business and you're so much more than your business. So that's just a side note. And that's something I've really had to remind myself of as I have been experiencing all the imposter syndrome, the doubts, the fears, and the resistance around this latest um, program that I've came up with. It's called Decolonize and Rise and it's open right now and I am super super freaking proud of it and excited about it and it's been on my heart for a while 
um, I started talking about decolonizing the world of manifestation and decolonizing wealth and decolonizing success back in like January of this year. So this it's been like five, six months now. But still, I keep having this inner mean girl in my head telling me like, you just picked this subject yesterday. Like, you just changed your mind out of thin air. You can't just switch things again. You can't, you know, you can do more things than just focusing on Indigenous and BIPOC empowerment. What about body positivity? What about all the, you know, the progress you've made in loving your body? And what if you decide you want to work with helping people with relationships? And what about this? And what about that? And it's it's that reminder that my business doesn't need to be and can never be and can never encompass and capture all of me, all of who I am, nor can a 150 character Instagram bio, right? So it's relieving that pressure for just like we can't expect one person to be our everything, we can't expect our business to be our everything. It gets to be life-giving, it gets to be extension of who we are as a soul, but it can't be our everything and it gets to change. There gets to be sub-niches, there gets to be sub-offers. I get to focus on decolonizing wealth and success and speak to the BIPOC community and if I want to go all in with that and create all of my offers now geared around that, I could, I can. Or I can just be like, yeah, this is the season I'm in and this is this is what I'm offering right now. My, my big umbrella of what I do has always been soul expression, like being who you really are as a soul and removing, breaking through the 3D molds that we get stuck in based on our race, based on our um, economic status, based on our body types. We get stuck into all these molds and sometimes we forget that at the end of the day, we are souls first and humans second. And so the decolonization thing, that's just one lens where this work, where my work as I guess you could call like me a soul coach comes in is reminding you of your innate worthiness and bringing you back to who you really are as a soul because you're so much more than an indigenous woman, right? Or a black woman or a South Asian woman or whatever, however you identify. You're a soul first and foremost. So this is something I have been doing for years. It's, I mean... For a lifetime, for my lifetime, really, we all have been on this journey, but soul expression and self-worth reclamation has been my journey for the last 10 years. So I have a decade of experience, and yet this inner mean voice, inner mean girl, inner critic was saying, you know, who are you to do this? You like just got to this scene, look at all these other experienced people, they've been doing this work and that work and anti-racism seminars and works and workshops and for, you know, they have years on you and um, you're not indigenous enough because I'm half, you know, I have my maternal lineage is European settler Canadian and then my, um, <clears throat> my dad's side is the, is the indigenous side. And so I have these voices too that are like, you're not even indigenous enough, even though I was born and raised on a reserve. My family still lives on a First Nations reserve without clean drinking water. I've experienced racism. I've experienced marginalized, marginalization and definitely um, 
the effects of oppression and stereotypes and racism, even though I'm not a visible minority. But I still get these voices that are like, yeah, but how are you going to help people who are visible minorities who do have, you know, experience with, you know, not having white privilege? Because I do have white privilege in that I am white passing. And if I didn't reveal my indigenous heritage to you, you may not know, right? I can pass as white. That's what white passing means. Um, so I have all these voices too, like, you don't know the first thing about being a woman of color, and that's true. And, you know, how are you going to help all these people? Can you hold all of this? I thought of just quitting. I, I already have two people enrolled in the program. This is the, this is the crazy thing. Um, it's not like, oh, nobody's signing up. Maybe I'm not meant for this. I should shut it down. Two people are already inside. I gave a webinar. Um, I did a live masterclass called Reclamation. It was so good, by the way. Um, shout out to those of you who are on the replay or they're live. There was only three women on live when I did this, and two out of three of them signed up for um, Decolonize and Rise when I announced at the end. Um, that's a huge... <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge closing rate. Like that's a huge percentage um, when the industry average closing rate is supposed to be like 2% on a webinar. So if you want two people to join your program, you need 100 people on your webinar. I don't pay attention to those metrics because I don't I don't deal with predict like I don't work in the realm of reasonable or predictable. I like doing things that are unpredictable, unre- unreasonable. Big unreasonable dreams is is my vibe. That's what's up. But this was still like very shocking and impressive and exciting. And yet still I'm having these thoughts, um, you know, in the past week or two, like, oh, what did, what am I getting myself into? Am I not, I don't think I'm the girl for this job. And I've literally sat in meditation with my ancestors and I've said, I think you got the wrong girl. Like, I know I've been being called to this work I've been getting called to this work for months now. Like it, it's just been sign after sign after sign. People asking me to to guest speak in their programs, getting the opportunity to guest lecture for Queen's University on this topic. Um, and actually, it all kind of started last summer when I started speaking up about the residential schools in Canada and the horrific things that have happened to my ancestors which is a, plays a huge role in, in this whole imposter syndrome that I'm feeling. This is the funny thing. Um, this is the funny thing. The remedy is in the root, if that way. I don't know if that made any sense. Let me talk more and see if, <laughs> see if it makes sense as I talk more. Um, <laughs> last year, I started sharing about That's when I realized I couldn't stay silent. A friend of mine asked me, when did you realize you wanted to really start like taking this lens and speaking up for indigenous empowerment and issues? And the thing is, I've always been like, I admire activists so, so much, but I'm not here to be like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be an activist in this lifetime. I'm not called to doing like anti-racism work. And another friend just laughed at me recently. She's like, I bet you you'll listen back to yourself saying this in like a year and you'll be like, ha, (laughs) and you'll be doing that work. But um, I've just always been like, I really do believe that when we focus on peace and empowerment, that's what we generate more of. And when we focus on division and problems and war, we create more of that. That's why like 
Like Mother Teresa said, don't invite me to an anti-war rally. I won't go. She understood the power of directing your energy to where you do want it to go. She said, invite me to a peace rally and I'll be there. And I love that. I feel the same. That's that's why I've created my business the way it is. Focused on empowerment, focused on self-love, self-worth, and that's how it will remain. But when I realized I could no longer ignore and like I said in a post I did recently, you can't empower people totally when you are ignoring their very real issues and not acknowledging them. And this this stress and hurt that comes from not being acknowledged is something I deeply understand because I've seen it many, many times from my white friends who are well-meaning, good-hearted, amazing people, their silence when, you know, issues like our uh, indigenous children's bodies being found at the sites of Canadian residential schools and our women being 12 times more likely to be murdered and go missing and not have anything be done by the police. I've literally had family members that were sexually, you know, attacked and nothing be done by police. And when there's silence from people who just don't know what to say, they don't want to say the wrong thing, it hurts. I have felt that pain, so I don't want to be that person. And when I realized that I could no longer stay silent on Indigenous issues and empowerment was when, like, children (laughs) became involved, right? Last summer in Canada, if you haven't heard, like, they discovered 215, I think it was, children's bodies, like, skeletons, remains, on the sites of former residential schools, um, uh, one residential school, just one school had, I think it was 215 um, children's bodies in unmarked graves, just buried at the site of these schools. And these schools were created to essentially solve the Indian problem, you know, during colonization. And these schools were open until um, 1996. So this is not ancient history. This is very recent that these, this was happening in Canada, a place that m- many Canadians thought was like such this beautiful, happy, go lucky, beautiful, warm, welcoming, kind place when all this clear, clearly genocide was taking place. Now, I knew about residential schools. I studied them. I did. Um, I wrote a short story based on based on true, true events, but it was a fictional story about an indigenous woman who got taken away from her family, forced to go to a residential school because this is what happened to people. Not allowed to see her family, not allowed to write to them, not allowed to speak her own language, which is the only language she knew, right? Her native tongue. Beaten for speaking that, given a number by these governments. So these schools were run by government officials and the Catholic, um, primarily Catholic church. And so... Indigenous children were taken from their homes. They were stripped of their culture. They were stripped of their language. Um, and they were not treated as human. They were they were beaten and forced to... Basically, the goal was to like break their spirit and, and teach them a new way of life so they could assimilate into the new society, so they could learn the Catholic religion, they could learn English, they could learn the way that colonizers want us to that they've deemed is the best way to operate. And that's white supremacy at its finest, right? Thinking that one way of being is superior to another. 
when indigenous people were actually thriving, living off the land, supporting each other, our cultures are all about respect for Mother Earth, respect for community, taking care of one another, being grateful, having gratitude for the land and all that, that it gives us. And we are the people that know how to care for Mother Earth and thrive. And it would have been it would have been great if we could continue on in that way or if the colonizers would have been willing, more willing to learn from us. And instead, they oppressed us and um, murdered our children, beat our children, treated us as less than human. And I knew all of this, but I didn't know to, and I think most of Canada, it, even... Most of Canada didn't even know residential schools existed. This was not a conversation. This was not in in our history books in school. It was not talked about. It was not taught. For me, it was because I went to school on a First Nations reserve. But even what I learned was a very watered down version of the truth. Very watered down. And even what I could find online when I did the research for the short story that I wrote back in, oh gosh, I was in college. So (laughs) that was quite a few years ago. Like, I want to say probably 2011. That's crazy. And I could I remember struggling to find information online. And I was YouTubing, re, like, um, interviews with survivors from these schools. And I knew that they were beaten. And there was a high, um, high percentage of people reporting, like, almost 100% of people, survivors, reporting um, sexual abuse, right? All kinds of abuse. A lot of people died of tuberculosis. A lot of children ran away or committed suicide. But I didn't know this was clearly a genocide. Like, that's why it hit so hard. Because when you find 200 bodies on at the site of one of these schools that are just buried underground, unmarked, that is beyond suspicious. And that is that is genocide. And then um, they, the discoveries just keep happening. They're, then, you know, a few weeks later, they get permission to... to investigate another school they dig up another couple of hundreds of bodies and these just keep popping up and popping up and now more and more and more schools are being dug up and investigated and we are now over 10,000 bodies found like this is not okay this is wild so hence the ancestral trauma (laughs) that I feel right my ancestors were literally killed as children and not even given the opportunity to thrive and to do well for themselves, which is a huge part of the imposter syndrome that I feel. It's it's still this oppression and this white supremacy, this idea that one race is superior to the other, that is still very prevalent in, in all of our systems. It's in our institutions. It's in our own interpersonal relationships and our unconscious biases and conscious biases and it's still here and and then when you stack on top of that the fact that we carry our ancestors wounds and traumas in our blood in our dna like it makes all the sense in the world that i'm having imposter syndrome right that's what it comes from and so let me just go back to what i was saying about that was the moment that i realized i could no longer stay silent on indigenous issues was when those children's bodies were found. And so I ended up giving a speech later that same week to my Toastmasters club that I'm a part of. It's a speaking club. 
and I asked if I could get a, give a speech on what just happened and on the history of residential schools. And I thought I could do it. I thought I could compose myself, compose my emotions enough to do it. And I ended up breaking down and crying in the middle of my speech. Um, but I was still able to finish the speech. And I think it was good that those emotions came through because as my colleagues told me, they could feel like the collective heaviness of my community as I was speaking. And that's what I was feeling as well. And I'm actually glad that that came across because people need to feel the emotion. They need to put faces to these traumas. And um, especially when we're talking about children and there's still so much that's not being done to create justice for these children and these families that there would be happening if these were white children so anyway that's when i realized i can can no longer stay silent because before that i always um i had a choice right being white passing i've experienced racism many times as a white passing person where i have i have a choice do i say something and speak up and make everyone uncomfortable and make myself uncomfortable or possibly blow up because I've been holding, hearing this stuff my whole life and it drives me crazy or, and risk like losing my job in some instances or, you know, whatever the case is, or do I stay silent? And unfortunately, many times I stayed silent because I was just, I didn't have the self-worth and the self-confidence and the composure to stand up and, and say something. And now I'm just like, that can no longer be, that can no longer be, part of who I am um, in my commitment to not only to be an ally as well and be an anti-racist, but but just even for my own self-worth and healing, like enough is enough and I can no longer stay silent on these things. So that's kind of when it all started actually was last summer, um, even though I've been in other ways, like writing the story back in college, you know, um, I've written a piece before on what it's like to be from um, both cultures, so to be mixed race and how that's brought its own complexities into my life and into my spirit. And I guess writing has always been kind of my peaceful way of getting things out and sharing my perspective, but definitely have been pushed to this more stronger activist and empowerment role in recent years and I gotta say I'm here for it (laughs) I'm finally here for it I'm strong enough for it and even though this resistance came up so all this resistance came up as I'm doing this work as I'm preparing to launch and run decolonize and rise even though I'm bringing in three amazing experts so it's not even like all on me we have incredible we have an indigenous healer coming in. She's also an international best-selling author. Her name is Asha Frost. I'm going to have an interview with her soon and introduce you to her. She's freaking incredible. We're having a financial advisor come in and she's um, Indian, her background. Um, her family's from India and she does financial planning and wealth you know, mindset. And then we have my friend Anna, who was on the podcast recently, who is um, living in Spain um she's a catalan woman and she's gonna be talking about pleasure and embodiment and like uh, i'm just so excited um because together all four of us are going to give you this indigenous medicine wheel approach where it's mind body spirit and emotion to really healing your money story your self-worth your right to thrive and succeed and take up space once and for all in a way that other programs don't 
address like other programs don't account for they just don't they don't account for the ancestral trauma the wounding that is multi-layered that happens not just on the mindset level but on a spiritual level when you're oppressed like when you and your people have been oppressed when you've been fed racist stereotypes and narratives by society your entire life that creates a deep soul level wound and i have been learning how to heal on the soul level and that's what i want to share with you um and the 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 conclusion that i came to last night when i was meditating on this because i thought okay enough is enough with all of this resistance i'd been kind of blaming it on the fact that i just started my new job which i am loving it's very busy though and it's orientation week for me so i'm i'm doing all of this like research ethics training which is not my not my zone of genius so it's been tiring i was like okay maybe work is just too tiring um you know maybe this is just not the time you know work's busy right now i also got sick with covid last week that's why my voice is still sounding a little bit like stuffy and i'm like i was just kind of blaming it on that But then last night, I'm like, no, there's a deeper resistance here. And I'm going to sit down and figure out what this is. And if like, I just want to visit the spirit of the program, which is what I was advised to do when I had, um, I had my sister do a spiritual reading for me. It was really cool. And I was advised to visit the spirit of the program and come back to like why I created it. What is the spirit of it? What's the heart of it? And it was like, oh, (laughs) The reason why I'm creating it is the same reason why I'm experiencing the imposter syndrome. Like I'm experiencing the imposter syndrome because I've been told constantly that I am less than because I'm indigenous and that there is less space for me and that, um, you know, the white man's way is right, that the white, like the (laughs) white supremacy is so real and that there's one right way to do things right and that especially men too I think any women can relate to this not just women of color and indigenous women but like that just feeling that you're already less than because you're a woman and then when you're indigenous woman and then I was you know once again brought and shown um, my ancestors trauma of being killed as children of of being yeah just oppressed beaten abused killed treated as not human it was like how am i supposed to feel you know of course it's hard to feel worthy of thriving and leading and taking up space and that you know what you're doing when your people weren't even seen as human they weren't even seen as worthy of living and many of them didn't get to live beyond you know their childhood and so when I, whenever I meditate and I connect with ancestors, which I'm going to show you how to do inside of Decolonize and Rise, so get excited for that. <laughs> if you're joining us, I hope you will join us if you're, you know, in the BIPOC community and ready to heal your relationship with wealth and success. Every time I connect with them, I feel that pain and that sadness, which is probably why I was resisting it a little bit, avoiding it a little bit. And also feeling like, nah, maybe I'll just, I'll just quit. Maybe I'm not ready for this program. I don't know. Who am I to do this? Maybe I can re like, literally I had these thoughts. Maybe I can refund the people who've joined and just tell them, nah, sorry, I'm not ready. I'm not the person. I'm not the teacher. And that's so unfair to them. 
And it's so unfair to me and my soul and to my ancestors who are with me, who want me to do this, not just for us, not just for me and you and our generation, but for them, for the generations past that didn't get to do this and for the generations that are going to be coming and following in our footsteps, all because of my ego and that resistance. I was like, oh, maybe I can just, no, maybe I can just keep my head down. Just focus on work. I got a great job. Um, you know, it's it pays well. I definitely don't need the income from my business anymore, but do I still desire to do this? And when I visited the, you know, the ancestors and the spirit of the program, it was like, this is exactly why you need to do it. This is where this resistance and imposter syndrome is coming from. It's coming from our pain and our oppression. But every time I sit with them, hear me out, I feel their pain I welcome the tears because the tears are beautiful. You don't need to be afraid of emotion. This is what we're going to talk about in the program. And I'm going to give you so much support and so many helpful tools to help you release emotions in a healthy way and work through them in a healthy way. Plus just the community support you're going to get. That's the most priceless part is being in community with people who get it, who are going through the same journey, who are on the same bold, brave. This work is so bold and courageous honestly, and I'm right here with you as well. But as much as I feel their pain, because it is really, really heavy, and I've said that to my husband many times, I'm like, this work is so heavy, I don't know if I can do it, and he's always like, you can do it, I know it is heavy, but I know you can do it, you wouldn't even be talking about it if you weren't going to do it, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, it is really heavy, but I also feel their strength every time. I can feel this like team of the ancestors surrounding me, which I'm so excited to teach you how to do this and call them in. I can feel their strength and their passion and their excitement that I'm going to be a chain breaker. I'm here to like disrupt the cycle and make massive waves, even if it's starting with this one program, even if this program remains just these two amazing women that are inside right and the and the guest speakers who are going to be inside and even if it's just myself going through this work it needs to be done and it's going to be incredible the ripple effect is going to be incredible and it's just part of creating this new earth which i do believe that i came here to create right this rebalancing the scales bringing back a true sense of oneness and equality and Again, I've just realized we can't like we can't do that while bypassing very real inequalities and very real issues. And I also know, yeah, how much it hurts when and just sucks when programs that are supposed to be designed to help you reclaim your worth and supposed to be designed to help you in your business or in your money mindset or all of these things and they don't address and account for ancestral trauma they don't account for white privilege they don't account or like if they do they maybe have like one guest speaker come in and that guest speaker is going to speak to that thing um you know or they have like one anti-racism expert come in and it's just kind of like for show but it doesn't actually give you enough tools to go and do this deep healing work so this whole program the whole entire program which is six weeks long is just for healing from the oppression and lack of self-worth that we feel from being from a marginalized and oppressed community, um, from the BIPOC community. So again, if you're in the BIPOC community, 
and you're so ready for a program and a community that actually meets you where you are, supports you, lifts you up, sees you, and also sees you in your pain and struggle, yes, and validates that, yes, absolutely, but also sees you in your power, sees you in your true nature. That's what I'm here to do and be. That's what I am for my clients is a mirror to show them their true power. And I'm just so excited for what this community is going to be and what we are going to do and how many waves we're going to create and how many chains we're going to break. And the ripple effect of this is just, uh, I hope you can feel it. I hope you can feel the excitement and um, the alignment that's here. And I'm so glad that I didn't let this resistance and imposter syndrome stop me because breaking news, spoiler alert, imposter syndrome is actually not going anywhere. It's something you're always going to experience. It's something I'm always going to experience. And it's actually a good thing. Um, And I had a download from Spirit on imposter syndrome earlier this year that was like, well, duh, of course you feel imposter syndrome. You're always going to because when you're doing something great, you're actually channeling God. You're channeling the divine. It's, It's something greater than your little self working through you, right? Whatever higher power you believe in. I use the words creator, um, God source interchangeably you can use whatever resonates there is a power that is greater than us than our little selves than our human selves that's that's connected to our soul and when we're channeling that and we're in our greatness of course we feel imposter syndrome because we know that our little selves couldn't have done that on our own and that's okay that's how it is that's how it's supposed to be and i'm going to show you how to channel that greatness and channel source and really bring spirit into everything you do that's the core of my work that's what i've been studying that's what i've been doing um i am literally in school for metaphysics right now too which is so cool and my um degree that i'm going to be specializing in is going to be holistic um counseling which is mind body spirit and emotion And those happen to be the four quadrants of the indigenous medicine wheel. Um, But the core of the metaphysics studied studies is like just remembering our oneness with creation, our oneness with God's source, all that is and tapping into that power. Because when you know you're one and you know that the power to create anything is literally within you, there's nothing you can't achieve. So I'm so excited for this metaphysical lens and for oh my goodness, all the epicness that's going to be inside of Decolonize and Rise. And if you're listening and you're an ally and you're not in the BIPOC community, first of all, thank you for listening to this entire episode because, you know, I know it's not all totally applicable to you, but maybe some of it did, like some of it does resonate, right? And hopefully there's lessons in my in my breakthrough around the imposter syndrome and the resistance and visiting the spirit of your programs or your offers or your maybe your new job or your mission, whatever it is, always ask, what's the spirit of this? What's the why? What's the real deep emotional intention? What's the spiritual intention? That's going to be the thing that moves you forward. But um, anyway, thank you for listening. And what I was going to say with that was I probably will create something in the future, whether it's a group program or even just opening up my one-on-one spots, um, uh, yeah, or a group program around around prosperity, consciousness, and metaphysics, and all of this that is going to be open to allies as well, not just BIPOC, but obviously decolonize and rise. The purpose of it is healing from ancestral and racial trauma and reclaiming your worth after oppression. So that's one specifically for BIPOC. So do 
join us if that's you and you're feeling called share this episode with um with a friend who you think might benefit might resonate might enjoy this i so appreciate every single share every single instagram tag um, every time you press play it means so much this podcast is still growing the community is always growing and i really i love connecting with all of you and hearing your thoughts so i hope to talk to you soon and again thank you for listening Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant, send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily Ann Grant or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.